You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me at Peter underscore Bukowski on Twitter. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And all of the podcast content is at LockedOnPackers.com. Not a lot going on in the Packerverse this week or last week. The, the biggest thing that's going on is, like, Devontae Adams is in Greece with his wife, which is cool. If you're not following him on Instagram, do that. The pictures are amazing. My wife and I went to Santorini on our honeymoon and had an amazing time. It is an incredible place. But what I want to talk about on today's show is I want to look at some trends in the league, and I want to look at them through the lens of this team And specifically, I want to look and put a finer point on it through the lens of an experience that I just got to have where I was talking to directly to NFL players and hearing from them and and seeing them and all of those types of things. I was able to go over the weekend to Dallas. And there's a, a Nike event there called The Opening where some of the best high school players in the country congregate and they come and they do drills and, and play seven on seven. And in pads, they're doing um, all sorts of drills and trying to get better. And this is an opportunity for um, former NFL players to come back, for actual NFL players to come back and be counselors to these kids because ultimately it's a camp. It's an experience for them, and because it happens during the dead period of recruiting, it is not a place for worrying about performance or worrying about oh, this coach is going to see me or this coach is going to see me and I need to perform. No, this is this is truly about a learning opportunity, and it's a great chance for these kids to come and the facilities that that Dallas has built. And listen, it pains me too, but they are state of the art. And and we got to we got to see the facilities and and go through, um, you know, some of the drills and, and do some of those things. But the the more interesting part for for our purposes is I got a chance to talk to some young players, um, uh, some veterans, and some older players about how the game has changed. And one of the things that I think is really important that we recognize just as a football-consuming audience, is to, to make sure we are, we are realizing and, and internalizing an important premise, and that is right now, innovation in the league is coming from the college game. When you look at on Saturday, the difference between football on Saturday and Sunday is vast. And I talked to Todd Gurley about it, the Rams running back. And I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be shamelessly dropping names this whole podcast. So if if I drop one, just pick it up, put it on the table, and and there it'll be. Okay. So I, I was talking to Todd Gurley and I brought up the, the Rams run what is very unique in the NFL, a system of audibles. 
where the coach, Sean McVay, is actually making audible calls to Jared Goff. And this is not revolutionary to the game of football by any means. Because in college, everyone does this. You line up, you show your formation, the defense shows their coverage, how they're going to play you. You get ready to snap the ball, and if you don't snap it, the quarterback and the offensive skill players will look to the sidelines, there'll be a check, maybe there'll be a dummy call, and they'll run the same play, but you, you want the defense to think you're making a change. There's a lot of different ways to do this. But the, but the difference is this, is, this is commonplace in college. Everyone in college is doing this. And no one, aside from the Rams, in the NFL is doing this. And I, I, frankly, I don't know why. Especially when you have a young quarterback. You have a rookie quarterback or a young, inexperienced quarterback, as the Rams did with Jared Goff. You want to make it easy for him. And I suggested last year... And I don't—I honestly don't remember if I wrote it or if I just tweeted it. I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast. If we didn't, I wish we had. But one of the things that I thought would have been incredibly innovative, I think we did talk about it on a podcast, I wanted Green Bay to run that system. Now, this would have required a drastic overhaul of their offense, but the Texans did it for Deshaun Watson. If Green Bay really wanted to win games and Mike McCarthy wanted to do it, in a way that was not as hard-headed and stubborn as the way that he tried to do it. Do what you do as a team. But then when you line up, instead of instead of forcing Brett Hundley to be making calls, maybe just for a couple games, stop, let the defense get set, look to the sidelines, and let either McCarthy or Rodgers or... That, I mean, Rodgers would have been ideal. Let Rodgers read the field... And he, he can get the Packers into the perfect play because that is something he does every game. Why would you not take advantage of the brain that Aaron Rodgers has for the game? He's seeing the defense too. He sees what they're doing. He was, he was He's on the sidelines. Why is he just standing there? You're not going to let him call plays, but you could let him call checks and, and run the offense that way. The college game already looks like that. The other thing the college game already looks like that the NFL is slowly evolving to is the size difference. I saw Roquan Smith in person, talked to him. He's a great kid. And as, as Packer fans, it's going to be tough to root against him over the course of his career. I will say that. Very much in the same way that someone like Brian Urlacher was, was difficult to cheer against because he was such a good player but he was also incredibly respectful of the rivalry. He was respectful of his rivalry with Favre. Those guys loved playing against each other. It was tough to be upset about him because he was so great. I think it's going to be the same with Roquan. But he is small. If he had played in the 90s, he would have been a safety. He might he probably would have been a running back. Six flat. 225, 229 max. That is not, but he could be a Sam linebacker in the NFL because in college, everyone plays spread out and everyone prizes speed 
It's the speed you can run the play. That was the Oregon method, right? You just go, go, go. We're going to run plays and we're going to run you into the ground. We're going to run 120 plays if we can. That is not the way of the NFL. In fact, I asked Todd Gurley about it. I asked Todd Gurley about the, the audibles. And he said, it's, it's, not, it's not anything new for us because everyone in college does it. And you asked Roquan Smith about it being undersized. And he said, this is the way the game is played now. You need speed. Size is less important than speed because if you can't defend spread, you can't defend. Unless you're playing Jacksonville, who's going to run it 30 times and they're going to line up I formation and run power, NFL teams aren't doing that. Not the good ones. You didn't see the Eagles trying to play power football. No, they're spreading you out. They're creating mismatches. They're playing matchup football. They're running RPOs. They're running college concepts. Those college concepts are permeating the NFL, and it's not just the actual literal concepts, like the audibles. That is what you might call a concept. But then you look at trend lines, size trend lines. They're coming down. You want speed. And when you look at the Packers and what they did this offseason, that's what they added. And we're going to get to that in just a second. But before we do, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Every team in the league has a relationship of data sharing with Pro Football Focus in some capacity. And you can get all of the data the pros use. Well, not all of it. You can get some of the data. You can get the data that the pros use that is available to the public. That is normally behind a paywall, a $39.99 value, and you can get it for free by winning our contest. To enter the contest, you can't win without entering. To enter the contest, put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, preferably with a five-star review. We rely on those reviews to get the word out about this podcast. People see a good review, and they say, hey, I'm going to check this out. So if you like the show, I'm making it easy for you. Go review the podcast. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus subscription. It's a win-win. When we talked about the Packers draft, one of the things that I kept bringing up was the athleticism upgrade that they that they brought to bear on this offseason. Jair Alexander is not the ideal size corner. Height-wise, he's a little short, but he is thick. I saw Denzel Ward, met Denzel Ward, in fact, played seven-on-seven with Denzel Ward. Not the best all-time quarterback, I'll just say that. But he was a really nice kid. I'm writing a feature about him for Ozzy, OZY.com. Go go check that out. It's not up yet, but it will be soon. Uh, Really, really great kid and is going to be a very good NFL player, I think. But he's, he is even smaller than I thought. I mean, I, I, listeners of this show, for any length of time, know that I was a Denzel Ward dude. I wanted that guy in Green Bay because I just thought he was, he was ultra-athlete Casey Hayward. A little small, but instinctive, quick feet, and just sticky. And seeing him in person, he's not very big. And I remember thinking as I'm talking to him, and he said, he said, oh, I'm 5'11", 6 feet. It's like, no, Denzel, the, the combine was very clear. You are not that tall. <laughs> but you look at Roquan Smith. 
Same thing, not very big. And then on the field, they play bigger. And it's not just that they play bigger, because Jair Alexander 100% plays bigger. They have the athleticism that makes up for any shortcomings that they have. This is a guy that went up against someone like Michael Thomas every day in practice. Someone who's 6'3", 220. He cut his teeth covering that dude, who's now one of the best receivers in the league. Roquan Smith, every day in practice, had to go and and seek out and hit, not a lot of tackling full on in practice, but hit Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb. Those are legit dudes. And he did it. And so when you look at the Packers offseason, in the draft in particular, Jair Alexander, a top percentile athlete by Spark Score. Josh Jackson, same thing. Oren Burks, a speed linebacker, former safety. He embodies this movement, prioritizing speed and versatility over everything else. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 40-time. Equinemia St. Brown, size 40-time. Speed, 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 speed. You have to have speed. This game is so much about speed. Now, the Packers got lucky because Equinemia St. Brown is also huge. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has has solid size. Javon Moore is the one guy who didn't run a fast combine 40, but at his pro day, uh, you know, apparently he was a, a, a low 4.5s, high 4.4s guy, even though he ran in the 4.6s of the combine. He looks fast in practice. Green Bay prioritized speed and athleticism, and Mike Pettin's defense is going to reflect that. And that is, you look at, like I said, the trends start in college. And we see, I mean, the NFL can only take what it gets, but the reason you see all these college players succeeding early on in the NFL, you look at Deshaun Watson last year, is because they tailored an offense to fit his skills. And why do they run that in college? Because it works. All of these quarterbacks who are great athletes and not potentially great throwers, college said, we can win games like this, and they evolved an offense to fit it. The NFL said, that's not the way we do it. And as a result, has not evolved. Dom Capers ran his defense in a way where he said, this is the way we do it, rather than evolve. Two years ago in the offseason, I wrote a piece for the Cheesehead TV draft guide. I said, it is time for Dom Capers and Ted Thompson to evolve or die. And I didn't mean literally, although they're on the older side. I did not wish actual death on anyone. But the point was, you either you either evolve or you fail. And guess what? Neither of those guys are doing the job this year that they were last year. The NFL has done a very bad job of evolving. And in one offseason, we've seen Brian Gutekunst take a step, a major step, toward evolving, particularly on the defensive side of the football, a paradigm shift on defense, a prioritization of speed, of athletes, and not worrying about size. Remember, Jair Alexander does not fit the corner thresholds, the Ron Wolf thresholds. Does not fit them. 
The Packers picked a couple players that don't necessarily fit their traditional mold, but does fit a prioritization of athletic players. And damn it if they're undersized. Who cares? Because that's the way the college game is played. And that is where the innovation is taking place. You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything around the NFL with Locked On NFL. And LeBron James is a Los Angeles Laker. Boogie Cousins is a member of the Golden State Warriors. And the NBA offseason is absolutely on fire. So stay up to date with everything going on with the NBA, with Locked On NBA, and Locked On team of your choice. Follow your team with the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we go, I just there's one last little tidbit. I have to I have to share the anecdote and then get to there's an actual point to me telling the anecdote, but I got a chance to talk to Rob Gronkowski, who is every every bit the goofball that you think he is. Um, at, at one point, he came in and we had all eaten, and he came in, and one of the things in the meal at the Dallas training facility was Frito pie. I assume the Cowboys do not generally eat that, but it was media, and so we got to eat it. And Rob was supposed to come in and talk to the press, and instead, he decided he needed to eat first. And so he came in and he, the chili and the Fritos, and he did the whole thing. And he loved it, but he had no idea that it was called Frito Pie because Will Brinson from CBS Sports asked him what he thought about it, and he he had no idea. He, th- he, was th- he thought there was an actual pie that he had missed, and now he was sad because he didn't get to go eat the pie. Now, the point of me bringing up that anecdote, aside from that it is just peak gronk, is he looks like he's down about 20 pounds, maybe 25 or more. And Will and I asked him about it. And it was very much intentional. He wanted to take some weight off his joints. He wanted to limber up. He wanted to become more pliable. These are buzzwords of the modern athlete. And there is a reason guys in the NFL are playing longer. Tom Brady gets clowned for his TB12 method and the Alex Guerrero thing and all of that. And I, I think there is some rightful clowning in that case. But there is a push. If, and this all dovetails, this is why it's so brilliant. If the league is going to get smaller, it's okay for someone like Rob Gronkowski to lose a little bit of weight if it allows him to play longer because it's so much less pressure on his joints It's so much different in terms of the training. It's less stress on his body. Because when you are powerlifting, when you are lifting to add strength and mass, that is brutal on your body. If you are working out to add flexibility, to add pliability and and modality, and all all of the things that the modern athlete is doing, that allows you to play a little bit smaller. Gronk can play. He's 6'6". He was probably playing at 255, 260. He might be down to 240. And and guys like Tom Brady and Drew Brees, they're able to play longer. Why am I bringing this up? Well, the Green Bay Packers have a quarterback who wants to play at least until he's 40. And he has 
over the last few years, introduced yoga and he's changed his diet. He did some of he did he did the ketogenic thing. He is taking these steps to play longer, to be more pliable, to be more flexible. These are steps, by the way, everyone should be taking just in their daily lives as someone who has back problems and and hip problems and neck problems from a car accident. This is something that I'm rehabbing because I have injuries. But just for general life, it's a good thing we should all be doing. And so athletes should be doing it too. There is a, a paradigm change, a paradigmatic change in the NFL when it comes to working out. It used to be size and strength because it was a power run game and strong man won. Now the game is less about size and more about speed, change of direction, explosion, and flexibility. And so to see someone like Rob Gronkowski, whose game is predicated on just being able to overpower his opponents and see that even he is embracing this change, that brings it home for me. All right. I, I, I'm not going to bother you over your holiday. A lot of you may not even be having to work today, which would be great. Uh, the, the Obviously, the 4th, we, we're not going to have a show on the 4th. So we're going to have a show on Thursday. We're going to have a show on Friday, a little cleanup show. So keep an eye out for that. A lot of content coming. We're going to have a 53-man roster projection at Acme Packing Company. It's a little early. We haven't even gotten to training camp yet, but just we'll get a feel. Guys, some people on the bubble that maybe you didn't expect, some people that you did expect, some people you hope are on the bubble that might not be, some people you hope on the bubble are. are. And there is a lot to be decided. There are always some surprise cuts. So we'll see if Brian Gudikins manages this roster the same way Ted Thompson used to. We'll see very soon if the changes Mike McCarthy insisted he made are, are real. We're going to learn a lot about where this team is on the depth chart. Don't take too much stock in what's going on early on. But but by the second or third preseason game, I think we'll have a pretty good feel for it. I think the jobs, most of them are pretty entrenched, uh, short of injuries. And we're going to learn a lot about this Mike Patton defense. I think one of the conversations we're going to have to have is the, the defense that Mike Patton employs relies a lot on simple schemes with disguise. And a lot of, and and not just disguise, but game planning. Well, you don't really game plan in the preseason. You don't disguise a lot in the preseason because you don't want to show your disguises. It's like a, ma- a magician. He doesn't want to reveal his tricks before he's done them. And, and so it'll be interesting to see just how much information we get on this defense. We'll see who's playing fast. Remember, this is this this should be the buzzword of the offseason, speed. Everything should be faster on defense. The players are faster. The scheme is going to be faster. It's going to be more aggressive. And so it's going to seem faster in that way. We should be able to see that. But I'm very interested to see what the changes are going to look like and how much they're going to show. What will be the difference between what this looks like on paper and then what it looks like on the field in the preseason versus what it looks like in the regular season. If you have questions, always at Peter underscore Bukowski on Twitter, at Locked on Packers on Twitter. You can go to the Facebook page and leave a question or a comment or whatever is on your mind. We welcome your experience. 
Let us all experience it with you. All the podcast content is always at LockedOnPackers.com. The offseason is in its slowest point. You're probably paying more attention to Woj's Twitter account than you are to Adam Schefter's Twitter account, and that's fine. But we're still going to have content here. We're still going to have things to talk about and still have reasons to stay locked on Packers.